Hello, I'm Ray Reich, founder and CEO of RevOps Squared, and your host of the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. We talk to a wide variety of B2B, SaaS, and cloud thought leaders, executives, investors, and people just like you to discuss the metrics and benchmarks they use to make metrics-informed decisions. Now on to today's show. Welcome to today's episode of the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. Today, we're joined by Bran Van Leeuwen, the co-founder and chief operating officer at Cladera. Today, we'll be covering three main topics with Brad. First, the evolution of spend management, both overall and in the SaaS industry. Second, the top ideas for implementing a spend management program in 2023, a CFO perspective. And third, best practices for controlling SaaS spend in fast-growing companies. Brad, please take a moment to give a brief overview of your journey to becoming a guest on the Metrics Measure Up podcast. Thank you for having me. So I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. In high school back in Perth, Western Australia, I started a, a gaming events business, pre-broadband esports. Then we ended up quite accidentally building the, the second biggest co uh, company in the category at the time, which was a lot of fun, but then decided to get into investing, which wasn't quite as much fun, and then back into building stuff again. And so always looking for problems. Last company before Claudara I was at, we were growing super fast. And at some point, I just saw a problem as we went from five to 400 people, could not help myself but want to solve because it was a problem that every company was going to face. That problem was just uncontrolled expenses as you grew that fast, right, Brad? You got it. When we were five people, I was like my Amex was on the table. And if someone needed to buy something, we had a really complicated process. You walked over to my table, you picked up my Amex. You bought something and you brought the card back, which worked great. But we were still doing that when we were 400 people and we just could not find a better system or the, the system that would help us do that with control and visibility. And so, you know, had to go build it. It had to exist. Okay. Well, let's start with a foundational question to ground both myself and our audience with how do you define spend management as we enter here in 2023? And it's a great question because in 2023, it's really more relevant than ever. What spend management is, you can think about all, all sorts of products in the space, but what it fundamentally is, is how companies allocate their capital, right? How they put the money they have in their bank account from investors or revenue from customers to good use for the maximum business impact and, and the processes they have around that to ensure that happens. In, in today's environment, and most of our listeners are B2B SaaS founders, CFOs, and go-to-market executives, you know, operating margins and operating profit has never been more important. But as I thought about this conversation, Brad, you know, I'm a little bit older. Spend management has been around for quite a while. Corporate procurement cards. Um, Concur started as a spend management company you know, 20 plus years ago. Why is it so hot right now? Is it just because of the macroeconomic uncertainty or is there a bigger trend at play here? Yeah, what's happened, like a lot of categories of software, it's just become way more accessible. Like it was great if you were really big and you could use Concur. Back then, your, your, your employees didn't have a great expectation for the software that they could use to do their job. And Concur 
did something businesses cared about. And if you're a big enough company, you could buy it. What's happening now is across all categories of software, companies of all sizes want access, right? They need these tools to compete in the, you know, the, the new global market that we're in. Concur did a great job for big companies, but every company needs to manage the way they allocate their money. And so that's been one thing. The second thing is that there's been a big change, right? Since cloud really happened and took off, you know, we've moved from a world where the IT person guarding the server room door could pick the software that people used and people just got used to having really bad software. Today, anyone can pick the software they want to do their job and they they expect really good quality software. Otherwise, frankly, people leave their job and they move somewhere else. And so the bar's gone higher and team members, employees have way more say in the software being used. And that's created a big opportunity in the market for uh, across all categories, but including spend management for better, more modern software to, to enter the space. Interesting. So you think the real catalyst here is more usable, more friendly software to help manage spend management and not the credit card transactional processing and capturing those reports and giving that to the CFO's office? The, the problem has never been paying for stuff, right? Like I'm sure you've got a wallet in your pocket. You've probably got four or five or six credit cards in there, you can pay for whatever you want. That's not the issue. It's the experience that goes around it. And that experience makes it way more accessible and much more widely adopted by both businesses and employees. Interesting. Now, one of the things that's really an interesting dynamic is if I was talking to you 10 years ago, there was about 5,000 B2B SaaS companies. Fast forward to the end of 22, we're over 35,000 on a global basis and people are predicting it to double again over the next five years. So here's a question for you, Bran. For our listening audience out there, maybe they're in a two or $5 million ARR company, and they see the path to get to 2050, how do they know when it's time to implement a more formalized spend management program and the associated processes? Look, I, I, I'm on the operator side, and you know, maybe maybe CFOs would say something a little different. But early on in a company's life, literally all that matters is that you write code, talk to customers, and find someone that will pay you for your product. That's all that matters. There's absolutely no reason you should be thinking about spend management or how I manage my my SaaS. But the thing is, if you're successful at doing those three things, like writing code, talking to customers, and selling, you're going to grow and the point is, if you're going to grow and you expect to keep growing, there's some inflection point at which you need to set up processes to scale. You need to mature as a company. What we find is that for our customers, when it comes to managing SaaS spend, right, in that early stage, just like me, like the founder's Amex is perfect. Just need to pay for stuff, move on with life and keep building. Then what happens is at some point, you know, things start to cost a lot of money and you start to need a little bit of process. And so what we see is around the 20 to 30 employee mark, companies start to look for what I call like a general spend management tool. Maybe it's Brex or in Europe, it's something like Spendesk that just to like basically let there be more cards in the world rather than just the, the founder's credit card. But then what happens is you keep growing, right? And all of a sudden, you know, you, you find yourself paying more on software per person in your business and you are paying on the you know your desks at, at WeWork, the cloud bill's going up and you you need more process and more control around that. 
and so what we see is around 50 people is the inflection point where companies that are growing and expect to continue to grow need to set something up and, and get processes in place. Okay, so 50 people, that can be anywhere from 5 to 10 million. Got it. Now, you talk about SaaS spend management. So is that primarily where your focus today is really to control SaaS spend or is it overall spend? Yeah, gr great question. So Clodara is built literally from the ground up all the way to the uh, you know Visa and MasterCard payment system to be specially designed to help companies get visibility, control, and scalable processes over their SaaS. So what Clodara does is the end-to-end -end journey of software in a business from helping helping our customers figure out what software they should buy, running the approval processes, paying for software, managing those renewals, and then doing all the things that companies might have to do to manage the software they've got in their business. Interesting. So one of the things when I was running smaller, high growth SaaS companies, at the end of the day, I would say from somebody on the sales team often, but also customer success, oh, I'm using this tool. I really love it. We should use it. I'm like, you are? Who paid for that? Right? And of course, it was expensed through the expense account process. Are you able to actually go in and really interrogate kind of my network and really identify those, I call them the rogue purchases of one-off SaaS software? And you know what? Most software in a business is, is rogue, right? Because people want to be great at their jobs. They're experts in what they do. And so they're just going to pick the software that helps them be the best version of them at work. And I think it's something that should be encouraged. But obviously, to your point, it causes a, a, some problems on the budget and causes some problems on IT security. Cladara will actually detect for you in real time all the software being used across the business, whether you knew about it previously or not. And so we know that across our customers, they're using more than 6,000 different software products at any one time. Wow. And you can do that interrogation even in this decentralized workforce when I'm coming from my home IP address. Absolutely. And this is, this is absolutely key, right? Because one side of it is letting people be great at their job by using the software they want. And the other side of it is letting them do that where they think they're best able to do it. Okay. So here we are. We, over the last two years, we went from fairly centralized industry to totally decentralized. You can work anywhere, right? You can be in Barcelona, London, Philippines, or San Francisco. So here's the question. A lot of times with these niche or point solutions, RevOps buys something, then the head of sales buys something, the head of marketing buys something. And there might be some type of light procurement process, but it's usually very light. Are you kind of swinging the pendulum almost the other way too much and coming in with that GE where I grew up procurement mentality, nothing gets done without us evaluating it? Well, absolutely not, right? Like we, what we've seen is actually the opposite. So in companies that care about not spending so much or, or controlling their spend on cloud, they have two choices, right? They can nominate someone to say no to everything. So someone that can be the gatekeeper on what software comes in. That could be procurement. It could be someone else in the business. That's one way. What we found is really interesting. What we found is the more visibility that we bring to what's happening, you know, what software is being used and how much is being spent. First of all, employees get better ROI from the software that already is there. So they're not requesting things because they now know what's already available to them. They, it, it's easier for them to, to discover and get access to. But two, just by making it visible, then procurement teams and budget owners can be much more relaxed 
in letting people select the software they use because they know that it's under control and it won't get out of control but just by simply not having that one gatekeeper. Okay, so let's talk about somebody, you know, a company like ours has a relationship with a spend management company and we identified we need better forecasting software. We want to use some AI and machine learning, right? And we've heard about Clary and we've heard a little bit about Mediafly. Now Outreach has something now. So what role does my spend management partner, are you kind of, do you go out and help evaluate or do we do the evaluation and then have you do the negotiation? So you can do the evaluation, but one of the benefits of Clara being built from the ground up only for SaaS is that our whole system has been set up to help identify, help you be uh, successful with SaaS. And then when it comes to selection, we know, because we've got data from thousands of companies about what software they have, what they churn from, what they renew, what they have but don't use, what they use all the time. And so we know if you're looking for a tool in any category based on a company like you, your size, location, vertical, stage, whatever that those metrics are, we know what you should pick, right? We statistically know what you pick and we tell you, you don't have to pick it. This can be a data point that you use in your selection process, but we, we advise you using data. So software selection is no longer, it doesn't need to be a matter of opinion. It doesn't need to be a matter of going on to G2 to see who's been paid to leave a nice review for a product. You can use data and not only can you use data to select, we can tell you based on your peer set and benchmarking what you should pay for it. I'm gonna pivot on you for a minute and this might be a question you've never been asked before. So because so many of our listening audience are CEOs of SaaS companies, they love the fact that they can partner with you and drive down their operating expenses, drive up my operating margin, have a better rule of 40. But now I just get one of my big customers come in and say, oh, it's time to renew. And let me introduce you to our spend management partner. And you're like, okay, I need a 10%, 20% discount and my um, net dollar retention actually goes down. So how do I kind of rationalize this as a vendor who's now going to be selling into or through your organization to prepare for that change negotiation process? Today, in, in 2023, the CFO is involved in every buying decision and every renewal decision in a way that hasn't happened before. What we hear from our customers is that the CFO through Cordara has a process to do this at scale and across the business. So they're able to actually take less of a forward step than they would otherwise because they have a process to manage it. The other thing I would say about this that's really, really key is by setting up a process, actually companies can accelerate decisions. So our finance team set up processes, rules-based, what should happen based on what type of tool, what type of budget it is. This is the approval process. We know that things don't happen unless this, this gets run through, which allows them to trust and empower their, you know, their business unit heads more to take their own decision. The last thing I would say is that right now, there's been a big shift from subscription billing to subscription plus usage-based pricing. And whilst this is great for SaaS companies' net dollar retention, it's really, really awful as a buyer because if you're buying something to solve a business problem, you know, who knows how many API calls you're going to make and at however many cents per API call. No human can understand that. And so what Cladara does is help 
provide our buyers a sandbox, like rules of the game. Like I'm happy, I, my budget is this. And with Cloudera, they know that no matter what usage they end up running, they've got a control that they can't go over their budget. And so actually in a way, it, it helps make buying decisions so much easier in a world where pricing is getting more complex and not less. You've opened Pandora's box for me, and I want to thank you for that, because I talk to a lot of experts on product-led growth and the benefit of usage-based pricing and how it drives NDR. But 25 years ago, in a, a business called timesharing, I had subscription plus usage-based pricing. And a lot of my customers, if they were really growing or increasing transactions, they would expect to spend 150000 and they got a bill for 300000 And guess what? They were not happy with us. So do you actually have the ability to actually go in and say, hey, we're going to cap it at this? And then what happens if the usage goes over that? Do you as the UBP, usage-based pricing vendor, just eat that? So we can control that, right? So what happens with usage-based pricing is frequency of billing. And so we see this all the time, by the way. And this is a rabbit hole for me too, because I passionately believe that everyone talk, that talks about the benefit of being customer-centric also talks about the benefit of usage-based pricing, and they're not the same. Usage-based pricing is complex, and it's to help NDR for the, the software vendor. It just loads complexity on the customer. And so personally, I'm, I'm not a fan. It makes for complex buying processes and puts buyers in difficult positions. But with Cladara, what we'll do is we'll inform you in real time when you go over the budget that you expected and we will stop future payments to give you an opportunity to have a conversation with your vendor. Now, in some cases, this is able to stop fraud in, in real time. We see, for example, with our customers, a very classic one right now, and it, it's spreading across the industry. You know how you use two-factor authentication when you log in, it sends you a text. There are people that use that as, a, as an exploit to make money. So they'll automate signing up with premium SMS numbers, triggering text to themselves that they earn money on. And they do that in like at scale to earn thousands and tens of thousands of dollars from software companies. Literally every week right now, I'm hearing a story from one of our customers that our product is saving them from that by telling them that it's happening when they would have no other way. Wow, that's really intriguing. But unfortunately, in a 30 minute podcast, we can't go too far down this rabbit hole. But <laughs> I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball. Because I've talked to quite a few people about the danger of usage-based pricing and how I think it's going to cycle back to much more flat-level subscription. What do you think? What do you think is the trajectory and the ultimate outcome of usage-based pricing? I think the trajectory on everything in, in software is that things are becoming more user, buyer, and customer-centric. So if there are versions of usage-based pricing that's really easy for the buyer to understand, then they will continue. For ones where I've heard stories of companies hiring actuaries to figure out their usage-based pricing model. That, I mean, your buyer doesn't, shouldn't need an actuary to figure out your pricing. And, and so those types of things will go away. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, last question around spend management. So pull up that crystal ball, keep it out, right? You've been doing, how many years have you been doing spend management? We're in our, uh, in our fifth year now, so four and a half years in. So you've got as much experience of almost anybody out there. I'm looking at how this category evolves over the next 12 to 24 months. Are there three kind of major trends you think we're going to see over the next couple of years? It's a great question. I think number one, 
is that, you know, as I've said, customers are demanding more from their software. It used to be really hard to build a spend management company. Now, probably the two of us could launch a spend management company on, on a banking as a service platform in a couple of days of coding, right? So the barriers to entry are gone. So what will happen is that customers will start to think about their business problems. Payment is not a business problem. The things that happen either side of payment are business problems. How do we approve stuff? What do we do once it's with us? How, what happens after that? And so what we're going to see is a massive fragmentation of spend management into more verticalized solutions. So whether that's like us, how do we manage our SaaS? Or how do we manage our online advertising budgets? We see it already with trip actions, like how do we manage the way we travel? There are specific problems in each of these categories that can't be solved by a general tool. So that's that's one. The second thing is that spend management and particularly SaaS spend management is having a Zoom moment. Everyone moved to Zoom during the pandemic. In this crisis where capital is more important than ever, companies are thinking for the first time, really, how do we show that we're good stewards of our investors' capital? How do we allocate capital efficiently and effectively? And this will be a behavior. People are controlling their costs for the first time in a more serious way. And that's not going back. People that survive this crisis will build that muscle and keep it forever. And the third thing is that because purchase is less of a problem, they're going to look to their vendors to help them more, uh, figure out more about what they should buy, right? They want to use their capital for in the best possible way. And so in our case, you know, this type of company, what CRM should I have? Should it be Salesforce or should it be something else? And how is that going to change over time? Help me think about that. They will lean on their spend management platform to be experts in what they do and help them be more successful. Yeah. So you opened up another little opportunity for me to go down. So I got to ask one more question is, I'm now creating my new spend management company in my mind, right? Why get so good at predicting how much I can save for a new customer that instead of charging them some type of fee that I just take a percentage of the savings and that becomes my ultimate revenue model? Right. There, there are so many opportunities, right? Because the rules of the market are, are changing. If you think about the, the broader market, any of these categories, actually, let's just take travel, right? Travel perk or trip actions, they don't necessarily make money from their customers through, through subscription. They do a bit, but actually they sell travel and airlines and hotels pay them. Right. And that's because they're trusted advisors for, you know, how do I book my travel? How do I, which flight should I take? What's the right fare rules or whatever for me? And it's going to be the same in every category where because they will trust their vendors, there'll be the opportunity for those vendors to make money in new ways. For example, intermediating the market or taking risk on, on what they save, as you say, the, the opportunities are endless only in situations where companies specialize because you can't be everything to everyone. I'm just imagining the possibilities. And one last question, this is not meant to be a gotcha question, but it may appear like that. If I'm a vendor, if I'm Salesforce, and I know Cladera is in 5% of my accounts or 10% of my accounts, I'm gonna wanna come and negotiate a great deal with you. And maybe it's even a bid ask kind of a margin business. How do you avoid kind of getting that conflict of interest? You know, for us, we're not Switzerland, right? We're not Switzerland in this process. We are absolutely by side, right? So we know which side of the trade that we're on, right? We we are absolutely about helping buyers of software be more successful. And so that North Star takes every decision. That, that guy 
impact every decision across the business from product to what would happen in situations like this. Got it. Thank you. So before we let the audience get a chance to know you a little bit more on a personal basis through three quick questions, what didn't I ask you about spend management that you think is really important for our audience to hear? Wow, that's a great question. I think what I would say is, you know, in the world we're in today, if you're not thinking about it, you've got to start to think about it because boards are going to be asking their CFOs, what processes do you have in place to manage this burn? And you you don't want to be caught out. And it doesn't have to be a hard process to set up. It, it's really, really simple to, to set up some controls and some process and roll out spend management across your business. And so the sooner you do it, really, really the better. Perfect. Well, I also just want to announce that we have heard from our CFO community and one of the topics they have been so interested in is spend management and specifically SaaS spend management. So we're going to be holding a virtual event on Wednesday, February 8th called the SaaS Solutions Showcase dedicated to SaaS spend management. And I'm excited, Brad, that you and Cladera are one of the solution providers that we've been able to curate and bring. So I think it'll be a great event for you and for our community. So thank you for that. Oh, we're super excited too. We can't wait. Okay. So final wrap up, three quick questions. Is there a CEO or company that you think is a must follow today? Well, if you're in SaaS, you've got to be following Jason Lemkin. I know it's super cliche, but he's done it all. He's built companies, he's invested in them, and he has so much wonderful data from across the market that he's a great guide for you know what's happening right now and what you need to do as you scale. So you have 15,000 people coming to your annual event. It's a great source of information. Okay, second <laughs> one. What tool, not your own, should every SaaS company be thinking about using to help them grow and scale? I'm going to cheat here. And I'm going to say that we have the data. We know the most popular software tools and the best software tool for every type of company. What I would say is this, is the best software tool is whatever you think or whatever the person that's doing the job thinks is the best tool to help them. You hire great people, let them take the decisions to pick what they think is best for them to do their job. Okay. And then the last question, if I'm not mistaken from the research I've done, you've had a lot of big successes as an executive, but Cladera is your first company you founded. Is that correct? Since high school. So for 20 plus years. Okay. So... A lot of people who listen to us are aspiring founders. And what advice would you give that either soon to be or recent college graduate who wants to be the next great kind of B2B company founder? What advice do you give them right now, Brad? The path to all things that are good in startups is just talk to your customers, talk to your prospective customers. You'll learn everything. You'll make sales. You'll hire people. Whenever you've got a problem, they'll help you solve it. Just talk to customers. I'll tell you, voice of customer, it's something we talk about all the time. And what's incredible is how many companies don't go out and listen to either prospects who didn't become customers or customers who are. And that's everyone from marketing to product management to R&D. Everyone needs to talk to their customers, right? It's really scary, too, because they may just tell you your product sucks, but you'll learn something and, and, and you'll make it better. Like It's very confronting as a founder to have those conversations, but they're the most rewarding thing you can do. Well, it's much better than kind of playing up on your Australian roots, being an emu with your head in the sand, right? Uh, hey, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's the end of today's episode of Metrics at Measure Up. Brad Van Leeuwen, the co-founder and CEO of Claret, thank you for being our guest. 
Thank you for having me. And to our listening audience, you know, if you're enjoying the content and the quality of guests that we have, like Brad, it would mean the world to us to go ahead and subscribe to the Metrics of Measure podcast on your favorite podcast app and go ahead and give us that five-star rating so we can get even more people to know that we're out here. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Brad. Thank you for listening to today's Metrics to Measure Up podcast. If you would like to learn more about B2B SaaS metrics and benchmarks, please visit RevOpsquared.com.